Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about podcasting from launch to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com and joined by Matthew as always. Hey Matthew. Good morning Colin, although it's probably not the morning where you are. Um, always it always seems, seems to perennially be later in the day where you are never never came across the morning in australia yet for some reason no 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 yeah i i feel like i have had a lot of mornings taking kids to school and all that nonsense my whole day seems to congregate into the morning because there's just so much to do then as so you say, you're probably just hanging about on a beach all day drinking <laughs> yeah that's, that's exactly it yep <laughs> Uh, so thank you for joining me on another of these uh, podcast growth book episodes anyway Matthew <laughs> we'll uh shall we get into the content talk to the listeners about our wonderful book that we've just got in our hands have you got yours with you right now it's downstairs with a big old pen on it because at time of recording <laughs> we're, we're going through the proof copy but um by the time you hear this the book's going to be available for sale over Indeed. at thepodcasthost.com slash podcast growth book so this is a book with 80 odd um, actionable strategies on how to grow your podcast audience, grow your following, uh, build the whole thing and just just kick on um, in those sort of post-launch days. No matter what, what sort indeed. of level you're at either, this, this book's going to be really helpful, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. And if you, dear listener, have been listening to the last two episodes of this new season of PodCraft, you'll know that this season we're covering one chapter from, no, sorry, one section from each chapter of the book each week. So we're giving away uh, at least one of the tactics from every chapter over the next uh, couple of months and taking you through it. So even if you don't bother with the book, which is fair enough, <laughs> then you'll get um, 12 of our tactics at least uh, to grow your audience. So hopefully you can go through these episodes of this season and grow your audience pretty well as it is. This time around, what are we covering, Matthew? Yeah, we're going to talk about, um, so we're t taking a task from the chapter on running live events, and this is going to be all about creating a local podcasters group. So again, time of recording, you know, it's it's 2020, uh, thankfully towards <laughs> the end of this year. And I know, it, you know, we're kind of in this global pandemic. And if you look back on history, these things, they don't last forever. They last, you know, 16 to 18 months tops. And this, like every other pandemic in history, will pass. So although folks might not think it at times, depending on where you are in the world, live events very much will be an integral part of the future. Uh, so stuff like this is still very important to focus on, I think. You know, it's, it's not going to go away. It's just a temporary blip. Is that unusual optimism for me, Colin? It is actually. It's very much not the Fife yep. ending there. I've been working um, on that. <laughs> you're thinking about live events, though, in the post-apocalyptic world, aren't you? So it's like live events with zombies at and stuff like that. That's yeah, right, isn't it? yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so on this chapter, the, the task on creating a local podcasters group and how this might be a way to, to sort of grow your podcast audience. So, yeah, live events, Colin, first and foremost, you've been a big fan of these over your over your time, haven't you? Like, we actually met at a live event back in the day, didn't we? So. We did indeed, yeah. Podcast, uh, what was it, Pod, what was it called Pod, again? UK Pod 14, UK wasn't Pod, it? yeah. Yeah. UK yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm missing the live events right now. They are, they're just, there's, there's a huge benefit to meeting people in person. And it's definitely one that I, you almost can't exaggerate when you're growing a podcast as well. And I think it's, it works for just about any kind of 
promotion. So whether you're running a business, try to promote it, whether you're selling a physical product or growing a blog or a video channel, going to live events, I think, is a hugely underused growth tactic. Like going there, meeting people, talking to people about the stuff you do. But for podcasting, it's even more powerful because I think for a few reasons, but the main one being that podcast listeners are just they're more valuable than other media listeners or company followers or whatever you want to call it. Because, you know, you have a thousand podcast listeners, let's say, if we're lucky, you know, that's a good number. If you have a thousand podcast listeners, generally, if you try and um, ask that audience to do something, whether it's, you know, sign up for an email list or buy a product or give you some feedback or whatever it is, you can get a much higher percentage of those people who are podcast listeners to do that, to take that action than you can get, say, blog readers or uh, just casual contact or whatever, because those people know you and they trust you. You It's going back to the power of podcasting, the fact that you grow those loyal listeners that trust you, that follow you, that will, you know, they're they're likely to do the thing you ask because there's a personal connection through podcasting. So the time you spend at these events, you might only meet five or 10 people who you click with and connect with, but 10 people who listen to your podcast are worth a hundred people or a thousand people that read your blog. So I think that's to me why it's live events in particular are for podcasters really, really powerful because you only need to meet that small amount of people. They'll listen, they'll maybe take action. And even more so because they know you and trust you, they're even more likely to pass on your podcast through word of mouth to like-minded people. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you look at there's all sorts of different live events. Again, I've always wanted to say this on a podcast episode, but we cover that in the book. Um, how many times do you hear that old line in a, in a podcast? But yeah, so this specific type of live event that we're talking about is, is kind of us taking the bull by the horns and just saying, okay, what's happening in our local area and how might we be able to meet up with, with folks who are doing podcasts as well? And, you know, some of these folks that come along, and we'll talk a wee bit about our own experiences of doing this, but some of the folks that come along, they'll be podcasting about something that ostensibly has totally nothing to do with your podcast. And, you know, it's just an opportunity to, like, make pals and, and you know, have a, a connection there. You're both doing similar things, like, in terms of the content you're putting out, the audio content. Um, yeah. But other folks, you know, if I, if I look back to uh, five or six years ago, a lot of the opportunities we had in the early days, a lot of the business that we did, that came through those live connections, whether yeah, that was yeah. big national events or whether it was like the more yeah. local stuff that we were doing as well. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, like I mean, we said, um, sorry, go on, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I went along to a lot of like just little business networking type events back in those days, like back when we were still sort of trying to grow and and just get those early customers. That was a lot of our early production clients were people that I'd met through those kind of networking groups or or clubs or, you know, whatever. Yeah, that is such a, especially when we're an online media we're running podcasts or doing other content or whatever, even what you use your podcast for, like whether it's promoting a company or something like that, it's all digital and it's so easy to have no connection at all. So that's really what podcasting is great for is building that connection. Um, but even more so, you get out there, you meet them, you see that person, you speak to them directly. That just creates that connection so strongly. It's just, yeah, it's really worthwhile. 
So like we said on the, the previous couple of episodes on this season, the way we've kind of broke this book down, when we've got the, the tasks listed, we're telling you like the type of the task. So in this instance, it's a, it's a regular technique. We're imagining that you're going to want to do something like this on at least a semi-regular basis. And the time required, I mean, you could really look at putting an hour a week into sort of organising and promoting it. Uh, and an hour for each meeting to actually take place as well. So you could you could basically say, you know, let's set aside an hour a week if we're going to take this strategy seriously. And the podcast yeah. level, you're maybe going to be looking at 10 episodes at least, I would say. Um, certainly, it's, it's not the sort of thing I would prioritise in the very early days of your podcast. Yeah, if, yeah. You know, if you're still finding your feet there, you don't want to really take too much time and attention away for that, do you? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, yeah, this is quite a time consuming one. <laughs> Although in saying that, I mean, in many ways, you're, it can't, well, you can go to these weekly meetings quite good, like find a club or, you know, communities that meet every month or something. But in many ways that you'll get the best value out of the kind of the bigger events that happen just once a year. So picking two or three things that happen once a year and going along to them every few months Sometimes, yeah, you could you could front load them, but yeah, it would be good. To, I would say the best benefit you get from them is if you already have you know ten, fifteen, twenty episodes minimum that you can say to people, "I've run a podcast. I've got these are some of the guests I've had on, or these are some of the topics I've covered. Go and have a listen," and they're more likely to be able to get into it at that point. So yeah, for sure. All right, so we so yeah, a bit further down the road, but how do we go about it then? Once you're once you're at that stage, once you think you can get some value from getting out there to a live event, what, how do you go about it? I think the the early the early part of the planning process is just to decide like where do we want to do this, where it makes sense. Um, so again, I'm just going to uh, go back to when you lived in Scotland, Colin, in normal times. So we're <laughs> in Scotland. I know you're not, but um, it's a very small country, so. I think like you could, you know, it's very easy for us to just say Glasgow, Edinburgh, whatever, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be for the most people in the, the majority of people in the country, that's like an hour's traveling um, just because you've got that sort of central belt. I know America is very different. So you might be looking at this on a citywide basis, you know, maybe a statewide basis is going to be a wee bit too much, especially if it's just like a random Tuesday night or that. Um, so looking back to what we did, it was like just a we, we hired a wee back room in a pub in Glasgow. Yeah, uh, so for you, it could be like a coffee shop, it could be a community centre, anything like that. But you're just basically looking at where you're going to get the chance to get the maximum amount of folks attending. And um, what's, you know, one of the big mistakes, Colin, is for people just to come out and say, we're having a podcast meetup, isn't it? What can they do to make sure that that's a bit more maybe focused and encourages yeah. people to go? Yeah, we found it was good to actually have some kind of a plan, didn't we? Some kind of a structure. So you don't, I don't think you need to have like endless talks. So we've got we've got four speakers tonight, all of which are going to do thirty minute talks with full on PowerPoint slides or stuff like that. You know, I don't think that's that's not necessary. But what we did was we tended to have maybe an hour's worth of a plan. So um, something like one person doing a little discussion, 15, 20 minutes on something they've learned. So nothing too formal, just like talking through an experience or something that can teach the other people there. Um, and then we had like a couple of things we would, we just knew we wanted to ask people. So we'll go around the table and say, what's been your best growth tactic? You know, what's helped you grow your show the most? So I'm sure people can translate that into whatever topic they cover on their podcast. But yeah, just having a few little things, a few little bits of structure that really show the benefit. You know, if the benefit can be more than just 
meeting new people, which is great. Like some people will turn up just to meet some new folk, but other people will want to know that it's there's something else they're going to gain out of it more than just those new connections. So any wee bit of teaching or entertainment or something structured can help, I think. Aye, and it's a, I think it's a good way to get everyone talking as well because like yeah. although like we're podcasters, a lot of podcasters are introverted and quite shy. But like, you know, if you get five or six people together, you're always going to get like a couple of very big personalities who are very <laughs> confident and just want to talk. And then you're going to get people who are, you know, probably struggled a bit to to make it along just because, yeah. you know, they maybe had a bit of an anxiety about it. So I think you as maybe the leader of the group without like being too domineering, it's maybe up to you just to keep the conversation moving around yeah. and bringing people in yeah. and asking them what they think and just making yeah. sure that everyone feels sort of part of it rather than, you know, they're just sort of sitting on the outskirts listening to a couple of people talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it feels less intimidating if you know there's a structure to this thing. Like, you know, you're not just going to turn up and just have to chat to people in a bar. Um, that you don't know <laughs> instead if you know you're turning up and there's a bit of a talk initially and then there's kind of a, a discussion where you know what you're going to talk about you know you, you know you can give your growth tip or whatever it might be so yeah I think it definitely helps um, I mean I think, do you, sorry I was going to say do you're you probably going to ask the same thing like what if what if people want to do this in the new like right now so I know we can't do live events right now is it worth doing this kind of thing online I think for some folks, yeah. I mean, I'm not, uh, surprise, surprise, you know, I'm a bit cynical about the whole online meetup <laughs> thing. Uh, I know you're shocked at that. But uh, yeah, if I see another um, ex-physical event that's now marketing itself as not just any old digital event, <laughs> I kind of roll my eyes at that. But uh, yeah. I know it's uh, people are just making the most of what they have now. And, yeah. you know, that's yeah. fine, I suppose. So yeah, yeah. There, there, there is obviously, there's great technology these days. It means you could do these things online. I would argue yeah. it's not quite the same, but yeah, there's a lot of pros for it in, in these times, isn't there, doing it online? Yeah, I agree. It's, 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 yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. You're absolutely right. But, do you know, I, I did um, a conference last night. So I did a wee talk at a conference I was in person at the year before. So last year I was there in person, met all the people there. Um, and they put a bit of effort into the production. They, you know, they used Ecamm Live, which is a great wee tool for live broadcasting where you can bring in two people at the same time, you can share a screen, you can do, you can make it look good and show all the comments and stuff like that too. So it can make the discussion, the interaction a bit more dynamic. And it, you're absolutely right. Again, it's not the same. But right now, it feels good, actually, because nobody is doing live events, because we can't do that right now. And, and that's likely to be the case for the next probably six to 12 months, I would say. So... Um, I feel like it is. I feel like it's worth doing, and I feel like I've seen it done well. So, um, and it's obviously actually lower barrier in many ways as well. Like you don't have to hire that bar. You don't have to have like an, an hour to get to the place and and set up the table and have drinks and all that kind of thing. You can do an online one so much easier. So even if it's less of a payoff, less people turn up, it's a little bit less engagement. There's less effort to do it in the first place, which maybe balances out potentially. You talked a bit about tools there. So there's obviously tools if you're if you're going to be doing the online thing, even temporarily, there's a, a multitude of tools out there that let you do that. But even yeah. if you're going offline, if you're going to the physical event, uh, meetup.com, that's that's a really good platform Indeed. to kind of yeah, organize absolutely. it on, isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, like how how does that kind of work then, meetup.com, just if the listener's not familiar to it? 
Yeah, it's just a site which lists meetups. <laughs> so you go in there as an organizer, you set up an account, you can create a group. So we had the Scottish Podcasters meetup. Um, that's the group itself. People join the group and then within the group, you've got events. So you set up an event. You can We, we, we used to schedule a few ahead. So we had uh, we had like one every second month, I think we did for a while. Um, and so when people joined the group, they could see the next event is on the 12th of November, then the next one's like 20th of January, then the next one's 3rd of March or whatever. And people could sign up to join them. And we could, you could put a bit, good bit of instruction in there too for what was going to happen at the events. Um, you had to pay for that. So it was, what was that again? It was something like, not a huge amount of money, but not insignificant, something like 40, 50 pounds per six months. So 100 quid a year or so. Um, so it depends the value you're getting from it. But yeah, it works really well. Um, yeah, meetup, decent uh, way to try it, I think. And I think like, in the, again, in the very early days, you're going to rely on like a core of people that you know you know, if, you, if yeah. you're in the fortunate yeah. position where you know a couple of people who are podcasting uh, and you're able to kind of bring them in. So you're guaranteed maybe, say, three people and then anyone else, <laughs> you know, you'll publicize it a bit. Anyone else who turns yeah. up, you know, you're hoping for maybe six, seven, whatever. It'll all depend yeah. on where you live. But, yeah, yeah you, you could look at going down the meetup route. The good thing about that is it's it's agnostic of any, like, social media. But then, say, you, you find out that, like, you know, eight people turn up, they're all on Facebook, create a yeah. Facebook group for it. Or, you know, everyone uses Twitter. Maybe you're going to focus on that going forward. So yeah. you, you might choose to bring in one of the social media channels to kind of to promote it as well. So, again, yeah. It, yeah. like anything in podcasting, it's all just going to depend on on your audience, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I've seen meetup groups grow to, you know, dozens and dozens of people, if not hundreds. I've been to meetups which had 50, 60, 70 people at it, and the, the group had maybe a few hundred people as members. And so they always got, you know, sort of between 50 and 100 people along every single time. And it was always great, um, you know, great camaraderie, great atmosphere. So over time, it takes a wee while to build these things up, I think. But yeah, like you say, as long as you've got a little core, as long as you've got that five or ten people, even if even three or four people, like you say, that was, that you know is going to turn up, then that regular core is there every week, and then the rest kind of builds up over time. So yeah, I think it's I think it's worthwhile. And Shall we just on sort of sorry, yeah. just on getting wrapped up like i just wanted to quickly tie in because the listener might be might be thinking well how does that actually tie into growing my podcast audience but i mean yeah. it, it's like anything else you know you say say you meet five or six new people and that that physical interaction is always going to be more powerful than somebody you just encountered online and you you kind of become that go-to authority on your subject so like Colin I know you know the events you were going to you you were kind of becoming like the podcaster guy weren't you like they knew you as yeah. like the person who does podcasts so anytime like folks would always get in touch you know I spoke to such and such and they said you're the person to come to about the podcast yeah. and that, that. so yeah. yeah no matter what your niche is you know you're the you're the horticulture woman or you're the <laughs> whatever like just it totally depends on on your subject but yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a more lasting impression i think for people and you know that promotion that uh, mentioning of your stuff continues to go on yeah. uh, long yeah. into the future so yeah i mean we do we do our discoverability survey every year don't we and we word of mouth is always a big feature in podcasting like we always talk about the fact that podcasting has a lot of power, but one of its downsides is there's a fair barrier to getting somebody to listen because it takes a while to listen to a show. It's 
if you're not already a podcast listener, there's software to download, all that stuff. So it quite often takes a real personal recommendation. And if you have 20, 30 people coming to your event who see you as the authority in this particular subject, that's 20 or 30 people that are going to meet a lot of people over their lives <laughs> over their next few years and recommend your show whenever that subject comes up. Um, and they will, because if they know you personally, that's just, there's a relationship there that they'll have no hesitation in recommending your stuff. So yeah, it's, it's just, it gets slightly exponential because they pass it out and then more people get to know you and then they pass it out and the, and the event can grow at the same time as your podcast. So yeah, hope that makes sense. It's like a, like a much more positive infectious virus. Exactly. So, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, so for, further the reading further on this matter, on this one, yeah, go for it. Yeah, we're going to uh, link to an article called Creating a Real Life Podcast Community, and you'll find that at thepodcasthost.com slash real life community. That's all one word. Great stuff. Good stuff. Go out there and create your community. Well, thanks for that episode, Matthew. I hope that was uh, hope that gave our listeners some more growth tactics. Hope they go out there and give this a shot. Go and make some live events. Uh, or some online events till next little while at least uh, remember if you're out there and you want to have a look at the book for more information on it go over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash podcast growth book that's forward slash podcast growth book you'll be able to buy it right there you can get a print copy you'll be able to get an ebook uh, it'll all be on amazon maybe some other places too we'll see but yeah pop over there We've mentioned already books are just ridiculously good value i think and we've put a lot into this we've probably put more into this than courses that we sell for 100 plus pounds haven't we um so yeah hopefully people uh, enjoy it eh, Matthew? sure thing and because i'm very organized and prepared this morning on the next episode we're dipping into a chapter on being found easily and we're going to talk all about question research nice all right we'll talk to you then 